Hi, it's me, Katya, and this is Heard and Heard, and I am joined by the lovely... <laughs> you like little hooves. <laughs> Hoof sounds. Yeah, oh my god, ah, that's scary. Oh my god, coconut, duh. Okay, sorry. Coconut master... Kyle Ford. Kyle Ford. <laughs> that was like those like this message is for Kyle. Kyle oh, Ford. Ford. Um, and I'm excited to talk about tonight. We make sure I didn't. We came in a little late. Is anyone trying to join? No. I miss Nene. Nene like showed up to the nature one like 45 minutes like late, which was amazing. But we'd already ended. But good we'll heart. get Nene. We'll get Nene. Oh, 100 percent. You know. Nene's magic happens on Nene's time. And when it Period. does, like you said, it is magic. When it happens, yes. it's magic. <laughs> it is magic. Well, we're very excited. We're just a herd of horses talking about anything and everything with nuance, flair, and humor. And tonight's topic is your favorite topic and my favorite topic. 100% and this topic favorite. is yeah. nightlife. Boo! <laughs> yeah, you said boo. I said boo. I would literally. We just had a conversation about, um, you know, obviously, it is August two thousand twenty one. Miss Delta is rearing her ugly head. So I don't know. Current events has sort of like changed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nightlife looked like it was heading for heading up. But yeah, now it's been it's, on the pause. Now it's sort of a, a bunch of things have been canceled. Um, Nightlife's some, pause. Yeah. <laughs> kitties um but in general it does excite me and i do love my life it's changed my life it has been missed um so i guess i definitely and i feel like i know a little bit about your early nightlife experiences but i want to know more so when is the first time you got into a club illegally obviously back in the 1600s <laughs> yeah i feel like i've been around a well, long time now at this point yeah you've seen uh you've seen too much i have way too much yeah <laughs> can't wait to see much. more <laughs> My probably first club experience, um, this was back when I was living in Fresno. This probably would have been in maybe 2002. I think I was 16. And they had... <laughs> no money, no family. I was 16 <laughs> in the middle of Fresno. <laughs> yes. And they had a club downtown called Bam Bams. And it was 16 and over, which I always thought was just so cool. And I loved <laughs> it. Right? And I was like, we could go. So actually, you know what? I, I lied. I think I may have been 15 at the time. So my friend Ruthie would come pick us up in her Ford Escort wagon. Her and my friend Eric would pile in the back and we'd drive to like downtown Fresno to go to this club. Yeah. Fast forward to get into the club. The guy who actually owned the club, his name was Richard. And Richard was Dick. a pedophile. <laughs> Richard was a friend of children and he not was. in the right way. And not the right way, in the predatory way. Everyone used, he would go you don't, by. I mean, 16 year old clubs, I'm sorry, but that, even as a child, I remember being like, this is weird. This is weird. We should not be here. Totally. <laughs> I was there. Yeah, <laughs> this is what red flags await me here at this club in downtown Fresno. So he always went by Rooster, and all the little boys that he liked in the club were his chickens, and I was Chicken Kyle. Right, which we Not know. this. Not I have not Kyle. heard this story before. Okay, yes. So Richard, um, we were trying to get our friends in, and he was really apprehensive about letting us in because we still weren't 16, but he's like, if you make out with me, I will let you and your friends in, and I'll like let you in forever. And I was like, cool, I'll take one Done. for the team. Easy. And like in hindsight, this guy was like... Was not it, <laughs> you know? He had those like, like really um, a glass eye. True, one hundred percent. Yeah, like little smiley face, real kind of bulging eyes. Like he was looking at you. He was looking at you. 
Um, and that was my first experience. I went in and got like super drunk. So everyone to buy me shots because I was fifteen. And uh, by the time I might already been drinking since I was what twelve. Was, what was? <laughs> yeah, I was a teenage alcoholic. What was your? Yeah. No, <laughs> no I was having a drink of choice like before the age of eighteen. <laughs> oh yeah, my drink of choice before I was eighteen is whatever shot of liquor someone will bring me back from the bar in their mouth. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, whatever. Baby brooding that underage shot. Okay. You know? Is Bam Bam still alive? Bam Bam's is not alive. Um, so <laughs> they ended up closing after a period of time, and then they moved to Bakersfield, California. Not and a gay underage nightclub in Bakersfield. Yeah. So <laughs> we ended up driving there one night, um, and it was a private club. You had like sign a waiver to like be a member, kind of like sanctuary, yeah. but you could smoke inside. So that was cool, Ooh, you know, because I smoked at the time. I do love to smoke um, It was just as sketchy as I remember it. It was horrible. Um, but then I th- assume now that it closed. And, I mean, the guy who ran it also, I guess he was an arsonist, and that's where the arson comes from. Here we go. She always has to bring up arson. Oh, oh, can it's we not have a nice time without you bringing up arson? But because he was molested as a child... <laughs> He would set to fires. The flames, to the flames. And then when the firefighters would come, he would like jerk off to them putting out the fires. Okay, I, and of course I do, I know, and I will say, I do not refute the fact that there <laughs> is a lot of sexual deviance connect. What did you say, deviance? Sexual, sexualness yeah. related to arson. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to kink shame arsonists. <laughs> okay, and I definitely feel like this is going to tie into a question later about kind of like problems that we experience mm-hmm. in nightlife, because I think, yes, just to totally. a lot, to a lot of your experience, yeah. just like, I'm like, yeah, a lot of those people that were, like, I kind of thought were, like, my early gay mentors, which they were because I was, like, one of the girls who was, like, smart enough to, like, not make out with them or, yeah. like, kind of, like, get my way without <clears throat> having to go all the way. But I did have friends who... <laughs> I sacrificed some friends along the way, which is... Now I feel hey, terrible. Hey, Joey, come here. My friend wants to meet you. Yeah. No, I definitely... I don't know. You just... You think about it in different ways and through a different lens. When definitely. You're, now you're older and be like, ooh, yikes. Yeah. Well, it was funny, too, because I remember there was, like, an after party that someone had had, you know, still being around that age, and I remember being at that party and kind of making out with that dude again, the guy who owned the club, and I remember a friend of mine later that night kind of pulling me aside and telling me, like, everyone here thought that was, like, super gross and, like, you don't know that guy, and everyone kind of, like, looked down on me for doing it, Oh my gosh. but I didn't know better, and no one intervened. Right, and so... And it's kind of, at least... Oh, that is so wild. We, the slut-shaminess of... It was very much 10 years so, ago. Yeah. Like, not even that yeah. long ago. And I'm like, you know that what this gentleman's doing probably isn't right. I'm young and naive. I don't really know where I'm at at these people's party. And, yeah. like, no one is saying anything or intervening. And I was like, this... That's interesting. In hindsight, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, now I know who... Oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, and yeah. It, 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 it reeks of hypocrisy. It reeks of, like, that inner internalized homophobia that or like internalized repression that gay men have most totally. of the time i don't know i know a lot of men here in portland don't but a lot if you're from smaller places other places it's often like repression nation 100 yeah. so yeah. yeah that like shaming of another person for doing something that pff, girl you probably all done because i remember people just were really anti-sex work I remember when I was, like, coming to the gay nightlife scene, like, oh, they've done porn, or, like, oh, they've done that, or, like, yeah. that some that guy hooks up with older guys totally. for money, which I was totally doing at the time, <laughs> but yeah. I would do it, too, and as shame people, and, like, we would all, like, there would be, like, yeah, sort of, like, a, a hierarchy of, like, what's the, the, the most disgusting gay thing you've done, yeah. which is, like, weird now, because now I'm, like, I'm, like, oh, yeah, I've done that and that, and we're all, like, Yes. <laughs> yes, you just yeah. I had a friend back home <laughs> in the Central Coast when we were young who did porn and everyone found out. 
And it really ostracized him, and it was real kind of a sad thing to see. But I remember, like, walking into a room of people saying things, and I stood up for him, because I always, like, genuinely liked him. I thought he was so cute and so nice. And fast forward, you know, a while later, and he ended up, like, blocking me on everything. Well, and I was so mad. I didn't send him a message let's one get day, a, too. We need another phone. Yeah. Another phone on the line. Bring him in. <laughs> I sent him a message, too, and I was like, I've never done anything to you. I've stuck up for you yeah. in situations where nobody was there. And I was just like, I always really liked you, and I don't know where you did this. Well, well and YOLO, I mean, yeah, it is, and like best. that because I think this really leads me to the, the next question, which is kind of like I love to hear about like your experience in nightlife itself, more on like the, I don't want to say the production side, but like not just as a patron because you've done sort of a litany of, of different things, yeah. I consider you like a, a scene girl, totally. Yeah. I feel like I've so much of growing up for me was never really finding a home, and then once I had access to gay clubs and to queer culture, and I was able to get together and have that level of expression in a crowd, and that's where I really found a home. And it was so nice because I could be with all my good Judies, you know, you can add a little substance, you can not, and it was just such a release of all those feelings that you like felt like you held on to for a lot of years. And it's so much fun to get dressed up and go to a party, to to do a theme, to do anything. Because people go there to have a good time, and that's what you want to do, too. And so you really find a home within it. And then you kind of just get to know the people that do the parties, the people that do the music. And you're bonding over that. And you find yourself taking more of um, an active role in that scene to be able to help facilitate experiences for other people. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing when, like, oh, a real good party goes a really good direction and everyone kind of walks away having that sense of fulfillment. But it can also be really addictive, too. But <laughs> it it's saves, a beautiful it's, moment when it happens. It saves lives. Night, gay, queer nightlife saves lives. But, it, yeah, it, it can be a double-edged sword and you do have to just think everything with balance. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I, I like think... the one time you shit your pants at our place. <laughs> I thought I told you in privacy. <laughs> Uh, there's no shitting in the club, right? But Ooh. Camila Cabello, no oh, shitting yeah, in the club. Yeah. <laughs> shit, Camila. <laughs> yes. We will, actually, I feel like I, I bunny hopped over because I, I got excited cause, and I do want to talk more about our roles in nightlife. Mm. But I, because it does, what you said about finding a home, I was like, I remember the first time I went to a gay nightclub, the gay 90s, Minneapolis, with my sister. And I was still not out, but I mean, I wanted to go to the game. I was like, let's go to this club. I heard they're really easy about, like, getting in if you're underage. Because mm-hmm. I was, like, 18. And I can't remember if they, they didn't have... No, yeah, I had to, like, I had to hop the fence. I would hop the fence. Oh, and I would, like, count... the fence, too. I would count on it, too. I was oh, like, yeah. I will be there. It's not like, will I get... It's like, I will get in. I was, like, a professional at sneaking into clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I got we got Long Island. We got drunk. We made out. I made out with some people, and I kept being like, "Oh my god, I don't know why this is happening." But after that, it was like, we, and we went to some after party at some person's place. They were doing drugs. We didn't do any because we were Christian girls that were just drunk on Long Island. Drunk Christian girls, my favorite. Yeah. Um. But then I remember like walking home. My sister's carrying her heels. We're walking from like downtown Minneapolis to her place in Dinky Town. And I remember being like, oh my god, like, that was... And then, like, every night for, like, the next, like, five nights I was in town, I would go to, like, the saloon or the gay 90s. Mm-hmm. I was like, this was it for me. I was like, you could, like, get people to notice you by being... Totally. A flirt, you, micro, <laughs> microdosing a relationship by flirting. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I just... Yeah, that level of, you can be anybody. And drunk. And drunk. <laughs> you can be any... And wasted. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I didn't do any baby shots, baby birded shots, but getting people to get me alcohol was a profession Baby of bird a bottle. And even if I couldn't get someone to get me the alcohol, I would steal drinks. <laughs> like, nobody's business. So embarrassing. And then, yeah, then I moved to New York, and then, like, it was... These were nightclubs. This is West Village, um, Webster Hall. Yeah, and we would have fake IDs. And ever since then, I was like, yeah, this is home. Yeah, mm-hmm. this has a home. And it, even when you go other places, I feel like you can kind of get a sense of that, which is so weird, too, especially, like, because there's no connection, really, mm-hmm. besides yeah. the fact we're all facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been in clubs where I didn't feel welcome, which is always a weird place, even gay clubs. Yeah, well, and that's kind of like the... That is the, I think they eventually, once you kind of pick up on that, you realize, like, it, it took me a minute to really gather that. I was mm-hmm. just going, it goes also different cities, different places, but yeah. So then you, so now I f- have seen you in drag. 100%. Multiple, how many times? Um, tons of times now, Confirmed. honestly. Because it started always the classic story of starting off being, um, doing it uh, for Halloween, you yeah. know, and then snowballing from there. <laughs> And I feel like most of the times that I've done drag, I try to always do a single character each time. And yeah. Just make it a conceptual character. A one-off. A one-off. A one-off. <laughs> yeah. Come up with a funny look and a funny name, and that's it. And then you go to something else, and it's a new name, new look, new something. And I hate this about myself, but every time I do it, I always just kind of end up falling into a Jerry Blank kind of a character. Which I think is just true to me. Yeah, so you trashy. Know? 100%. Kind of old, crime. disease riddled. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not afraid of crime. Not afraid of crime. Encourage. <laughs> I stole the TV. Did some time, you know? Just... 100%. Um, have you ever dj You know what? I never have. Okay. Which I always thought was kind of weird. Krisha, did you know how to DJ? Let's go. Oh my God. I yeah. know so much. I know so much. We want to become circuit, circuit DJs. And like Calvin Klein, that. and then the K, we could be in inter- Well, two Ks is probably. You know, there's enough K to go around. <laughs> How's that? There's always enough K to go around. No, I think I think I always thought DJing would be really cool. There is um, a really cool intuition that you find in doing it, which I think is always really neat. And there's definitely an art form to it. But it's not something I've ever seriously done. You know, other than so <laughs> here she goes. Well, <laughs> we my friends and I would always have like rolling parties. So our little group of friends, we'd get like ten or twelve of us. We'd all do ecstasy and lay there, and then I'd always be the one to like curate the music. See, so, that's like, I do consider you like a very like you yeah. know you're you're a huge music fan. One hundred percent. Yeah, you have a lot of like, you know a lot about the music industry and various artists. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can see you a DJ. And what other things do people do? Have you worked the door at a club? I have definitely worked the door. You've worked the door? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Which is actually really cool. Yeah, I would like, like, like you a great door you know? person. Yeah, I guess I've never like, just take money. Yeah. I just look at the idea and hand it back. <laughs> Good. I assume everyone there's 21. Shake it. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure. Yeah. Um, okay, what other. Uh, have you ever been a bartender or a. I don't know, like work at a club? Like, <sighs> no. No, I've definitely maybe like helped clean. Okay. Or something, um, but never the bartending. That's always kind of been... Because, I mean, I <laughs> no, stopped bar- drinking at 22. And so oh I think gosh, the so the difference of me being able to access a club for, you know, legally a year yeah, really kind of put that off. And it's one of those things I still to this day won't hang out in a bar by myself, even if it's just to eat. <laughs> like, I, just, I will not do it. That's kind of a hard rule for me. And okay. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think that um, I had sort of forgotten that you had gotten some of her 
alcohol at such a young mm-hmm. age. I mean, I was 24, which felt pretty young at the time, but I was like, I've, I've done plenty of public drinking. Let's do some at home. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is not vitamin water. I'll tell no, you it's that. not. <laughs> <laughs> it's <a piss. laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, what other What other things have you ever like thrown a party? I feel like no. But like, have you ever thrown like a? But it's something you thrown. Have you ever thrown like a party like period like for your friends? Um. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, but never. Never at a bar. Okay. Mm-hmm. What other nightlife things are there? Go go. A tip. You go go. One hundred percent. You go go too many times. Yeah. And hosted. And hosted. Yeah. What, like, okay, what is your definition of a host for a party? So, I think a lot of people genuinely do go immediately to some, the, the MC. Yeah. I think is the term that most people associate with being a host. Mm-hmm. And I think I would just associate the MC is with kind MC, of like, yeah. with MC. Yeah. And then hosting is just like a party fixture. Yeah. You know, somebody that turns the party, yeah. someone that <laughs> yes. works the room, someone that, you know, kind of livens the place up you know that's what i've always associated i think yeah i think i just grew up with growing up in gay new york i just knew so many drag queens like they didn't even lip sync mm-hmm. like that was actually like not uncommon yeah just they were a pure, party yeah they were pretty look queens they were really good at you know yeah working the room turning the party and being i think there's something that i also like to see as like a point of contact because mm-hmm. like i think a lot of and when we talk about sort of problems at nightlife is like not having people like everyone's fucked up, right? So it's like it's nice when you're like, oh, this is a person who I know is at least with the party and is in a, some way a safe person to yeah. like, contact. So it's totally. like or like or even like something stupid. It's like I lost my phone or something yeah. like that. But it's nice that like, oh, these are people that are like with the party and like but like they're not like security because sometimes you don't want to go talk to security. That's like a lot. Or whatever. Yeah, it's good to have safe space in that crowd. And I agree. Yeah. I always find I would love hosting because I just love talking to people. Yeah. You know, and I find it easier now that who I am is a bit more recognizable in the rooms. Yeah. So that when I do engage with people, people will expect to see me there. Because I remember there have been moments where, like, people are like, why are you talking to me? I'm like, well, I'm one of the hosts. I just want to come over and talk to you, make sure, like, you're doing okay. You know? Cause they're but fuck like, you! Yeah. Cause they're <laughs> okay. looking at me like, why are you talking to me? And I'm like, because it's my job. And I'm so I'm like... Well, and it's so weird because now I don't know... And, cause, and I think... I got unsocialized during COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same person I was before. Or maybe I am more true to myself in the sense I've had like more time to focus who on who I am. But either way, I don't like talking to people as much as I used to. Yeah. Because at Halsey, when I worked at Halsey, which was where I got my start out, like technically in nightlife, it was like I went up to people like crazy. I just like talked to people and took pictures with them and all that sort of stuff. Well, now I'm like, that doesn't sound as fun. But I do still, like, really like hosting. I like, I like if I know I'm like, that's my job, it is a bit more, like, fun for me to like, yeah, still be, like, totally socializing and having fun and mm-hmm. being like, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. I can see you. <laughs> yeah. When we recently had Barracuda, I saw so many people that I hadn't seen in yeah. almost two years. And that was a really cool experience. <laughs> Yeah, I ran into, I was at Ashton at um, Gayskate, and it was so good to see him. We had, like, a loving embrace, which was lovely. It's an emotional experience to become reacquainted, especially with people that you just know from nightlife, after being away yeah. from them for so long. Like, uh, seeing Chatty, Chatty oh, Catheter, yes. was a powerful experience, because I think so highly of her, and I've worked with her so many times, 
and to to see them was just like fulfilled my life. Yeah, and I think I, mean, I think really we were we were together like the last night we really went out before COVID went down. We went to the Necro Nancy, mm-hmm. the hike, the the finale, and you were or not finale like re, uh, anniversary party. Oh, and yeah. it was Diva Dot's birthday as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and that was a fun night. Yeah, and it and I I think of that night really fondly, and like I went to go see the Rock'em Soccer bunch next day. Like I not like both of those things were like surprised I was there. I was surprised I was at either of those crossing days. party lines. Crossing party lines, but like even more so, just like I never really, <laughs> never really love Lovecraft now the Coffin Club, which I yeah. think is so funny. Um, you know it was, but it was something I'm like oh, I'm just so glad I went because if I hadn't, that would have been like oh my last memories were like of me staying in or something like mm-hmm. that. When who yeah. It was a minute before we got to kind of have that community again. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, and so this leads to a great point of question. Which are some of your, what and which and who and how are some of your, like, favorite Portland queer nightlife memories? Oh, my gosh. What I've always found to be the most interesting. And most traumatizing. <laughs> and most traumatizing, well, all of them. <laughs> um, so many of... Watching nightlife evolve over the years has been really neat. Having been in Portland now for 10 years, seeing where we would originally go out, maybe someplace like CeCe's or when Blow Pony was back at Branks and Rotere, were so, were so cool and so formative. But what makes Portland so interesting is that while we don't have these big mega clubs, there are usually one-off parties at specific bars that you go to. And so you have usually three or four people that throw these parties and they do it for maybe a year and then they stop throwing them and someone comes up from behind them and now they're the ones putting on the parties and then someone else retires. So there's this big rotating cast of ever-changing yes. parties and people. The drama. And the drama. And kind of like, a lot of the time, kind of like the same scene queens that kind of float throughout it throughout the years. And some people drop off, some people come back. And so to have that hindsight would have been really cool. Um, I always hearken back to the Panty Ray days when they would do parties inside the Belmont Bodega. Which I just recently like realized it's right next to Nest. Yeah. Right I, had, next to I was like, this is that place. Okay, yeah. that's cool. I they see would that have being... this huge mattress that just uh, spray painted like Panty Ray on the mattress. They'd like just throw it out front. <laughs> They'd like lock up everything, push everything to the side. Yeah. And had these great dance parties, in them, <sighs> which were great. It's definitely really neat. A lot of warehouse parties. Um, but a lot of my favorite memories are always back at the original Blow Pony. Yeah. The Branks Nero Although I think it was uh, in Vaseline Alley at one point at the original okay. Eagles where it started. Okay, yes. Yeah. I'm very but, excited. I'm hoping to interview Eric later this month because oh, I think great. that is... Oh, Eric has so many good stories. It's, I didn't really realize... I mean, I knew I knew it'd been around for 13 years, mm-hmm. but I didn't really realize, you know... Because, and I think I'm often, like, jealous of time periods that I was, like, just never... I, there was no way I could have partied. It's like, I didn't even miss them, but I'm, yeah. I miss that I miss them. And, yeah, there was not a lot else going on. Mm-hmm. So I think that, like, sort of widens my perspective a little bit of being, like, oh, this was really kind of, like, a, at the time. And even... And, and the fact more that it still is such a staple of the Portland environment. I don't know. It does make it a bit more special to even, at this point, bend to it. Like, yeah kind of plugging into like a history. it was such a unique space too because mm-hmm. um, you had that upstairs and then downstairs but still felt like one giant warehouse yeah and so many wait people... and this is but this is not your because this is at where where is this location you're talking about Branks and Roture yes it's over in inner southeast waterfront okay not too far from Omsi we'll say that okay yeah. and um, I can't remember the original cross streets I, I think it's um, 
where do they have all the EDM shows now? Um, something 45? Oh, you did? Okay, so... Okay. East? Yes. That's where it was. Oh, wait, well, building. It, okay, when, by the time I went to it, it was called Euphoria. Yes. And that was a moment. <laughs> that was a moment in time. With Samuel Thomas taking over and training at Euphoria. Yeah, I think that is so interesting. Like, I would... I, I hope to at one point, like, have, like, a little, like, a timeline. Maybe, like, with that crazy guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That'll be me. Yeah. Is a sign. <laughs> I think so many of the things that I remember are always like performances over the years. Yeah, the ones that stick with me. I would love to hear. Yeah, like what are some of the ones that stick um, out? Especially with Blow Pony, pre season six okay. when um, when drag was still pure and good. When still pure and good. <laughs> uh, Trixie coming super early. Yeah, you know before the season had aired, coming with Katya before the season had aired. <sighs> Because they were still working the room like they, you know, yeah. weren't anybody. Yeah. And so there's like a level of personability that was just unparalleled. Um, seeing Christine there as many yeah. times as we had. And just the level of shock art that she brings to the stage was always really cool. Seeing Fatima, rude, oh rest, rest in peace. Um, at Blow Pony right. was so cool. You know, they did a big show for her recently in uh, San Francisco. Was it uh, Hallow Eve? There was a Did video, they really do something for a tribute for oh Fatima? My God, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, streamed that. online. It was really cool. Fatima had this one where she put hooks in her mouth, <laughs> and like had a nurse <laughs> pull them behind her and tie the cord, so she had kind of like a, a fixed smile with these hooks in her mouth. <laughs> and I will show you. It's a great video. And so, oh my God. Hello Eve, they so... did the same thing, but hooks in the sides of their stomach, and they had people pulling <laughs> on it. It was. Really, it was shock art, and it was so beautiful and so fitting for um, a tribute show to Fatima Rude. Yeah, I am gasping for air. That is, yeah. I, um, I mean, amazing. Air. I I love drag and nightlife, and that's why it's like it's so tough to like. Sometimes I feel like the fags are like annoyed when there's like a performance, like especially at Blood Pony. And exactly, watch the performance. Watch the performance, honey. It's like you're gonna miss. Like this is like. You know, it's tough because it's like, there are drag shows, but like, drag shows sometimes are really, it's a different energy. It's a totally, totally different energy. It's usually a lot, often people you really know, it's smaller, people are sitting down, they're not fucked mm-hmm. up as usual. You know, but like, at a nightlife performance, if you, I, I remember something's that up to it, it made me like, I was like, oh my god, I'm just so glad I'm right here, right now, watching these people do these crazy yeah. things. And those are the experiences that Amazing. you get more out of like, the <laughs> underground club culture yeah. than you do with these bigger places. And is. Good as Blow Ponies had parties, yeah. you still don't see that in the dark bar where <laughs> there's like 20 people crowded around like a little corner and someone is, you might you see know, some great shit there too. Doing yeah. something real weird that you wish you could <laughs> see. But it's art and it's queer art and it's yeah. people expressing themselves and where else are you going to go for it? It's cool. Well, and where else will you go for it? So that brings me to my next question, which is where, what are some favorite memories that you've had in queer spaces outside of Portland? Oh my gosh. You know what? I don't think I really had any really queer okay. queer things until until I got here. What I maybe had knew about queer culture were things that I saw from Party Monster because yeah. I would associate that with being more kind of like kind of queer culture. Because I remember yeah. reading the book. I remember them being on Sally Jesse Raphael, the whole thing, and being so inspired by what the, what they were doing. That level of visual stimuli that level of dying for aesthetic yeah (laughs) yeah 100 percent. and i remember just being so transfixed by it and that was definitely one of the early um influences for me getting into into nightlife was was the original club kids and i think honestly there's that book that you recommended to me the uh, invisible monsters oh yeah yeah chuck palinick yeah who lives in portland 
Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what Prince said too. So I think it is, it's, and it's, I'm trying to think of some other things that sort of influenced kind of like what I thought early nightlife would look like. I guess, also, I mean, I really just got to be in New York when I was 18 through 20. So yeah. I got to pretend that I was like living that life, like going to Splash and Heaven, wearing really ridiculous outfits. Like it, not in good taste. These outfits were not in good taste. They were not cute, mm-hmm. but I wore them. But you wore them. With pride and yeah, I was just gay with a vengeance. Yeah, I love dressing up. It's so fun <laughs> to put on a full look and just yeah. go to a club. That attention, it's great. Yeah, putting together a look. Mm-hmm. I think that is, and it kind of, that kind of goes with the hosting thing too. I feel like it's like, yeah. you know, you kind of get to, yeah, turn the party, get people excited. I would say some of my favorite Portland memories are definitely, yeah, I feel sort of like uh, self-promoting saying it, but I just love some of the mid, like midnight performances at Up, the one, like, I remember when... Cody um, doing Bitch on My Cow. <laughs> yes, I mean, definitely the question, I mean, I, lo- I think my favorite thing about Nightlife is just the fact that, like, it is... So, and I just sort of was at Marker Days, which was like this crazy sort of, uh, hy- you know, hyperbolization of, of the nightlife experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it is primal as shit in some ways. It's like water. Where's water? Where's the thing that's going to get me fucked up? Sex. Like people are very like bumping into each other. And you do kind of get to have like experimentations that way. People who would not normally be in the same room at the same time are at the same bar getting fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it does not always bode well, but I think sometimes I have seen it go really well and I see people like making new connections and that to me is really cool because I think it's, it's this, yeah, nowhere where else. It's kind of like, maybe it's AA, but probably the other place. <laughs> it's <laughs> With such AA. A, well, because I mean, A is like, you know, it's like the graveyard of nightlife, but it's, so it's like, don't make me 13 stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fuck <laughs> that guy. Will. I don't think, have I ever 13 oh, stepped someone? You got 20 well, days, huh? Come on over. Oh, <laughs> um, okay, so we've talked a lot about the good stuff in nightlife. Mm-hmm. And so that, of course, and this even bring up A makes me think, just like the neg- the downturn. So I say, oh, yeah, what yeah. are some things you think are like negatives with nightlife? I think that when you put that many people, not everyone handles substance equally. You're damn straight. And there's a lot of... Especially part, not now, after a year and a half. After a year and a half of not partying in, in public spaces, I'm yeah. like, these girls need to get it together or go home. Sorry. So much of it. So much. <laughs> Which is weird, too. I feel you and I at this point are party professionals. We've been doing this a lot of years. I got a neti pot. Got a neti pot. I know, I know how this goes. You know, <laughs> I have a deviated <laughs> septum to prove it. <laughs> but... I think we... I respect the party. Respect the party. Respect the party and control yourself, you know, which I know is really hard. I have seen, I have been sexually assaulted in a club, which was never fun, you know, <laughs> and I'm... Sorry, I'm not, not to laugh. That was terrible. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> you're like, this. what is it? <laughs> Thanks, Katya. No, because I'm, it, it does. Like, it was by you. Why are you laughing? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at the fact that you say, well, that's never fun. You're like, yeah. <laughs> all the time. I'm like, you're right. It is never yeah. fun. Oh, sorry. But, <laughs> sorry, keep going. So yeah. we got sexual assault. We got people not controlling themselves. 100%. We have drugs and we alcohol. You drugs. People, seen people OD at the club, and that's always kind of a scary thing, too. We were like, yeah. oh, man, hope somebody here has Narcan. You know, let's, <laughs> let's bring you out of, hopefully, something... Yeah. Routable. Um, oh, it gets so hot in there sometimes, and I hate standing in line. I'm gonna say those two things are usually towards the top. Claustrophobia and like in whatever. Yeah. More fans, less lines. 
less clacking fan. Less clacking the less, fan. Oh, God, there's always that one, isn't there? Okay, because, okay, so I think I'm going to keep adding on, I would say, like, racism is... Oh, my gosh, yeah, see, weird. I don't... I, I don't see it. <laughs> Shut up, girl. I think you you see it, and that's probably... It's even... It, it's frustrating to be in a space, like I said, it's primal, so people just act, mm-hmm. you know? They're fucked up. So they're totally. just... They're acting kind of on their gut, or, like, whatever. Their base they, instincts take over. They're, yeah, how they were raised, or, like... So you mm-hmm. sort of see some sometimes the worst of people, and, and, and racism and transphobia, just sort of, like, hate being... And I'm like, we're in a club, girl. Like, you're angry and like yeah. you're, you're bringing a different energy to this that's not welcome but yeah seeing that is never fun and kind of seeing even like it's non-violent forms which is just sort of like you know people not being interested in people who don't look a certain way or like you know discriminating against people in a way that's like you know i guess there's nothing like i would say there is something morally wrong with it but it's hard to it's harder to pinpoint down if people are just like well i'm into what i'm into um but that that taking form in nightlife is also sort of weird, to, especially now that I'm like in it, watching it. I'm like, wow, people really do get preferences and stuff like that to certain people and are looking for a certain, um, I don't know, like the saloon in Minnesota just went through this huge reckoning of like half their, a third of their staff quit because they were like, you're treating anyone who doesn't look like a white male Oof. badly. And it was weird because I was like, that's the bar I used to always go to. I didn't really notice it and until I was back this most recent. I'm like, oh, this really is like a cis gay space. There are lots of different types of people here, but the people who are most comfortable and safe and, and feeling it are the ones that <laughs> yeah. are the cis white gays. So like, I, and I think this like, we're on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. But yeah, I love, I know there was this gay getting dragged recently. Did mm. you see this? Did you see this? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Did you hear I about this? A lot um, <laughs> um, it was like nine demon twinks. Oh, I should retweet that. <laughs> that was what it, it was like nine twinks, and they're like, I love my friend group. And like, I think it was like Miss Toto. Someone was like, this is, this is the problem. Yeah. This is, like, <laughs> and I was like, stuff like, so, like, seeing that, like, play out in nightlife is always so disappointing. I do think Portland does a better job. Mm-hmm. It feels like we're kind of, like, one giant clique, which sometimes can hard to, like, be jumped into, but, like, once you're kind of in it, then I feel like you do sort of get to know everyone. Like, this really... Definitely. It's really just, like, people, yeah. it's people who are familiar with the scene, people who aren't, and, like, if you are, there's not... I don't know. I feel like it's not, it's, there's, you can at least get a high hello, probably more, but, like, other cities, it is sort of, like, this is... Portland is Clicky. one of the more welcoming cities that I've been to. I feel like when I first moved here, it was hard for me to kind of like double dutch my way into mm-hmm. once I kind of found myself in the yes, fold. Yes, yes. Like, one or two people, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, for sure, yeah. I get it. Not everyone is really nice. You're right about the racism, the transphobia that I see in the clubs <laughs> is always like really jarring. Even in like queer safe spaces, you still kind of see it. I I like, I think ooh. it is one of those, and it's one of those things too where. I'm 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 excited to see more and more things change. I I love to see like people realizing that hey, if they don't like something, that they can just get on Instagram and Facebook and make an event page and make more of their own spaces. Definitely. I mean, I just remember when like when I started, I felt like there was not as many people doing things, and now I just feel like there's a shit ton of people doing. Too things. many people doing things. I I honestly would venture. To say, I would I would say um, it it appears that way because we're in a small fish pond, but like you know, I remember like Lisa's like there's like. 50 producers in one neighborhood in parts of Miami or Orlando. And so it's like, I know that there's an ecosystem for it, which has to be like less territorial. So it's, and I would say that was like my next thing, which is like, maybe just the negative is like the drama of it all. I do feel like it can be like, not, not as you put so many competing personalities (laughs) in one room. Because you, you have so many, all traumatized, big personalities, all all traumatic personalities. (laughs) 
But so many, you know, so many of us get into there because we have huge personalities. Mm-hmm. And some of the people that last the longest have the biggest personalities. And so personality becomes <laughs> ego, and no one likes, you know, their ego, like, jeopardized come, people coming for their ego, <sighs> consciously or subconsciously. And I think, yeah, and I think even for my, myself personally, I realize, like, I need to, like, I've, I, it's important to be healed yourself before totally. you, like, are... At least having, I don't know, a big influence on other people. Because you don't want to be, like... I, I just sometimes see a lot of people inflicting their trauma on other people. Uh-huh. And myself included. I mean, I definitely look at some situations looking back. And I'm like, ooh, I reacted out of trauma. I didn't react out of wise-minded, like, looking at a situation reasonably and rationally. Mm-hmm. So I know I know what it's like to experience that. I know, I know what it's like to experience on the other end of that. And I think sometimes I'm like, oof, that is a drawback of this community that we are in. Because it is family. It is a home. But that... <laughs> I think we all know that homes and families can be abusive and have um, not the best dynamics all the time. Definitely, so, yeah. Family fight. <laughs> I, 100%. I just want to say <laughs> that I hate the... <laughs> How do I get... Turn on your megaphone. I hate the poor... Let's get <laughs> No, actually, I was... Oh, oh. oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was supposed to be um, less dramatic than it was. But anyway, but no, I would say, like, yeah, I was, I don't want to emphasize it too much, but I just feel like it is something that I was like, oof, that when I thought about, like, nightlife, I was like, actually, I thought about drama, the drama of it all. And it's everywhere. Like, I was actually, like, when I, I was in, in, I was being that girl. I was, like, standing by the bathroom just, like, waiting, getting compliments at this nightclub that we were at in Chicago. Yes. Literally, Cody's like, now you over here by the bathroom just, like, getting... I'm like, thank you. Oh thank, my God, you. thank you. Oh, my God, stop. But and then I'm, like, I'm overhearing this to a photographer and a, a, a drag entertainer talking about, like, bookings and stuff like that. And I just, like, saddled right up and I got, like, right into the conversation and, like, we had a... It was, like, such a good check and we, we both all felt so validated. We're, like... And it made us feel less like it's not just the Portland drama. It's not just the Seattle drama. It's all the drama. It's all the drama. It's always it's everywhere. It's it is big personalities in every single place. And that's something I've been just through the from the horse's mouth I've discovered. I'm like, it's different shit, but it's the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> Even in places where same shit, different horse. Yeah, so it's like I sometimes like to think about our lack of diversity as the cause, how small we are as being the cause. But I think it's, it's everywhere. It's really just for fags and I'm, annoying. And I'm sure it's the same in the the cis club scene too. I it you is know. a little bit because Chris kind of works with the straight. Just mm-hmm. the, Chris is the ambassador. Bless his heart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I think, I mean, obviously, we're, we've been talking about nightlife a lot tonight, but we've talked about, like, queer nightlife very specifically. I don't, in my experience in, in, in the regular nightlife, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. It's I literally don't even know. Labored. <laughs> I, I prefer not to. I, can, I, think, I think about going to clubs in Minnesota that were straight and thinking, why did I do that <laughs> all the yeah. time? Because it's to spice it up. There's, like, less fun gay shit there to do, but yeah. But yeah, but there, uh, there is drama. There is drama. And Kaflama. And So whatever the substance is, plus money, plus, you know, artists, plus whatever. So nightlife. So that, this brings me to my my favorite question of the day. And you have to pick one, but what are some of your favorite, like, in the last, you've been in Portland for 11 years, right? Yeah. What are some of your favorite, like, Portland tea moments? You know, like, moments where, like, everyone knew about, like, a dramatic situation. It's not like you know what I mean. Not like ma- the the major events. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about it. And, like nothing really comes to mind. As weird as it is, I know. Like, let me list. Let me list some. Yeah, people would like. 
I can like think of something, but I feel like it's been so long, and some of the drama is so fleeting that it doesn't like ever like stick with me. Like, oh yeah, that's a thing that happened. Yeah. Mostly, it was people just like maybe not paying somebody. You know, maybe like. We could definitely because like, we could definitely get into that. I so I'm so my favorite moment, and I'm just gonna list moments now. I, I, some of these aren't my favorite, but I I just. I have a mind for gossip. <laughs> but I love it, yeah. I love the Portland the tea, tea Portland the Portland Tea Instagram account, like the original one. There's been a lot yeah. of like phony ones, but that was really a fun moment. I that thought. Valerie Deville started. <laughs> I just assume. Oh just my god, assume. Valerie's gonna sue us. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was really fun to watch. Like, kind of like everyone had their own hot take, and oh, they like did. I was like, oh, I just Facebook wanted, was I wanted to be, day. I wanted to be one of the victims. That never happened. Um, I would say the stag drama, the stag, oh, yeah, kind of like yeah. stag, stag has had like many moments, but I think like last year was like, especially, I remember it was obviously, and it feels bad because it was so painful. Some people, there was sexual assault, there was not people not getting paid. There was racism, <laughs> there was transphobia, mm-hmm. there were hot, beautiful men. There was the, the, I, everything you wanted. There was, I heard Michael kept saying there was going to be a show there and I was like, you know what? You, you, this is terrible. You're terrible, but I would watch. Yeah. <laughs> would watch. You lived up to it. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Um, so I'm always enjoying the the drama that kind of comes from there. That stems from I don't know, I don't really hear about Silverado drama or like scandals drama. Yeah, sometimes CC's drama, but it just it, it usually feels like the source of the drama is stacked. Yeah, yeah. It usually does kind of feel that is kind of the the epicenter of it. I don't really remember any Silverado drama. I do miss the old location. That was kind of which. A... I mean, I don't know if this is drama, but this is a little bit tea. But I hear they're maybe moving back to their old location. I which don't... which would be great because honestly, it's still. I want to be married in that there. courtyard. I want to be married in that courtyard that's in the back. Yeah, between the twi- betwixt the two. Between the two birds. <laughs> yeah, the courtyard. Yeah, of Silverado. It's such a fun little location and kind of a bit of a dicier area, but. Yeah, um, but it's still really fun. <sighs> I wish Valerie was here because Valerie would Valerie would know. Well, we'll definitely we'll we'll be having night nightlight part two. But yeah. like nightlight I, drama part two. Yeah, and I'll have, I'll have yeah, Valerie just that. string up a list of <laughs> yeah just the tea. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of some other ones that aren't throwing too many people under the bus because I, I I do feel bad because some it is often. And, like, I know when I've been involved, I do feel like the community is, like, only getting... It's, like, untouched. Totally. They're only getting half the story. <laughs> um, People with the full story just come to me off the podcast. That is true. They A tiny bit of cocaine. Mm-hmm. Just, and I'll tell you anything. I'll tell you anything. <laughs> um, so that chunky white crunch, and I'll tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I do love the... I, lo- I live for the drama... Um, I do, it's, I feel like everyone says that they don't like, like it when it involves them. I sometimes like when it involves me. Oh yeah. Especially if I'm in the right. Mm-hmm. 100%. Which I do love to think. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. I'll die on this <laughs> I'll die on, I will die on this hill of principles. Uh-huh. 100%. It's a principle. It's the principle of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so funny because I think nightlife, again, it's just a, such a menagerie of people that are under no other circumstances. Besides Alcoholics Anonymous, would these people be in the, in the same, same room? room? Yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah, it's always such an interesting one. And it's so fu- and I and it's so and that's again, it's like a it's the beauty of that is like you get to see connections that you never would suspect and, um, but the yeah the other side is like people don't always handle themselves well mm-hmm. in new environments with new people. Agreed. Yeah, 
Yeah, 100%. Ooh. Sometimes so, it takes people to warm up, and some people warm up too much. Okay, I know, and you're no public health official. Well, yeah, you are. You know, <laughs> actually, if something know. is going down, I'm going to ask you first. That's a great I got in international waters. Would disagree with you. <laughs> horse law? Horse law. <laughs> Aquatic horse law. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what do you think is, what? I don't know, what is your uh, temperature of the room? How are you feeling about the future? Are you going to be going out, Miss Delta? I don't know. What's, what, is, what does nightlife look like for the um, future. I know with the rise of the Delta variant, it makes things much more difficult. I fully support, I don't want to say the word booster shot, but I think it's important because I think a lot of us anticipated that the levels to which people would get vaccinated would have been a lot higher. higher. And those high levels would have given us an actual shot at kind of stopping this. But yeah. unfortunately, we aren't. And it seems like it's going to continue to be a seasonal thing for a long time. So that makes me nervous. But... Will I continue to go out? I will continue to go out to places where I still feel safe. No. You know, I am vaccinated, I wash my hands, and I wear my mask. And if I can feel safe in this space, I will. If it's a space I don't necessarily feel safe in, then I'll definitely leave. I, but yeah. I think it's going to be maybe next summer to everything is like 100% <laughs> open. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's good to just sort of get where everyone's heads are at personally. Just like, because I think that's kind of what it boils down to. I think no matter what what the government says, what kind of, um, you know, what, what nightclubs say, it really just boils like, do I feel safe in these spaces? And there are, and I do sometimes accept there's like an irrationality to it. It's just like my personal feeling about a situation. Yeah. I'm like, cause sometimes indoors and it's like really dense. I'm like, oof, not this. Yeah. But other times I'm like, I'm not sorry about lots of people outside. I'm like, I don't feel, I feel comfortable. Yeah. Palm Springs is that rude awakening. I was like, Whoa, Whoa! Okay, here we go. Yeah, we were we were in Palm Springs when we saw, we were there when nightlife came back to life. When the lights went, the lights out. went out in nightlife. Oh uh, yeah, and that was like uh, yeah, I was like that was the Florida experience. We were in Hunters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just laughing at that whole experience. We were in Hunters, mm-hmm. and it was like they weren't even taking IDs. Yeah. They were like they were like this is the wild, wild. Wild, wild West. West. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wild Southern I think California. the only thing that will make me mad, and I hope it doesn't happen this year, but we're, the thought of losing a second Halloween. I I wish people would get their shit together because we're yeah. going to lose another Halloween if people don't, like, go together. Girl, because it is, yeah, because it's like, will, will, will the weather be something where we could do something outside? It's like, oof. Yeah, that's a good question. That is a good question. I don't want to lose Halloween. I don't want to lose Halloween. I think, like, at least for me, like, what nightlife looks like moving forward is, yeah, caution and, but I, I think a bit more optimistic and, and maybe prag- pragmatic. Yeah. Like, okay, we're just going to have to navigate these waters. Because I do worry about people's mental health. And when I, by people, I mean mine. Me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is but, dwindling by the minute. Yeah, no, by the, as, as we were yeah. 46 minutes in. As you, are all, you all know. Um, but, yeah, I think that is for sure something that weighs on my mind. I'm like, ooh, I just, I don't know if I have it in me myself or with other people to sort of like maintain the facade of of, 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 so, of uh, self-isolation. Totally. And top of like also trying to also be responsible. It's just like, I can't, I don't, I I will, but I don't want to. Yeah. So yeah, let's get our I shit together. Out. Wear our masks. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think I think nightlife is, is it's, it's resurfaced and revived. I think like, Thinking about how, like, all the different crazy fucked up things we've been through as a world we've 
Yeah. People like to party. And some of my own We solution. like to... Oh my god, wait, wait, we do. Like, take out your phone. Like take out your party. phone. Take out your phone right now. <laughs> Play us out. Play us out of here. <laughs> we like to party. We, we, we like to party. We like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is our only performance ever. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so... so. <laughs> we like the party. We like the party. Um, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. Truly, you're like a nightlife savant, I feel like. You see things. Did you just call me retarded? Shush! <laughs> Shush! Uh, <laughs> um, flame, flame resistant. Yes, I do call yes. you flame resistant. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think there's like a certain. It takes a certain person to kind of like endure nightlife, and you definitely have, you've endured. I have endured. I, think, and I will endure. I think yeah, you have another <laughs> ten years in you. You're like that old, like that person in the Pirates of the Caribbean who's like against the ship. One had it all covered in barnacles. Yeah. Kids having fun. The black spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I think we're, yeah, I'm excited to keep partying with you. So subscribe to our Patreon. Listen to us on Spotify. I guess follow us on all the various things. I don't care. Yeah. Do what you want. Or don't. Actually, unfollow. Do what you want. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, take a hard look at your life decisions if you're wanting to follow us. Um, Yeah. And then we'll be back, I think, on Saturday. We're going to be talking about mental health. Oh, I think it's dwindled. Segway. Yeah, we'll see how much how much I have <laughs> by that time. All right, babies. Bye. Bye. Bye.